having these dreams. And there's this man that he's burnt. Episode of Small Town Horror with Johnny and Randy. I'm Johnny. And I'm Randy. And what is going on, Randy? Going? I think I did a pretty good Freddy Krueger. I think you did. I mean, not, you know, Robert England. I, I was like just going to say, know. well, it wasn't Robert England, but yeah, I'll I give mean, you this guy. It sound like this fruitcake. What? I didn't like it. You didn't? I don't like his Freddy. Well, we'll get into that here in a minute. Oh. <laughs> That's our review of this yeah. trash movie. Oh. Well, first thing we're going to start off with, again... We thought we got back on track, and then me and Randy decided to take an eight-day vacation to Gatlinburg, Tennessee, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, whatever you want to call it. We were talking about trying to do it while we were up there. I actually brought the Nightmare on Elm Street remake with me on Blu-ray because mine and my wife's room was connected to a theater room, and I thought it'd be cool to actually do a podcast like in the theater seats watching it. And every night, I asked Randy, you want to do a podcast? And he would go, we got the time. And I'm like, dude, everybody goes to bed at 9 o'clock. We got yeah. plenty of time. But, like, here's the thing. <laughs> I was on vacation, and that means vacation from crappy movies as well. And I just didn't want to watch it. Well, our next film, because we got to do one next week. Oh, the next film I'm good with. So you would have done it? If oh, we... yeah. Oh. I told you to bring Texas Chainsaw Mask. No, it's a brass fight. to be there. <laughs> When's Lauren here? I don't oh. know. Anyway. Uh, <clears throat> but, no... Anyway, we anyway. have to put out Text Chainsaw Massacre next week, so you'll be getting back-to-back episodes because... What? Because October's right around the corner. Is it really? And you know the Halloween franchise is knocking. Oh, man, we've watched them all. And we oh. have a Friday the 13th in, Halloween, in uh, October. We get to watch ends. Yep. Yeah, because we didn't do it last year. And you get to watch Rob Zombie's Halloween too. You and Chris finally get to oh, debate. Oh, yeah. It's, you can see your boy, Tyler Maine. It's the Duke Mount episode. And would you like to share what you finally got to do for the first <laughs> uh, time? Guys, look, listen. I got to meet the man. I got to meet the man. The Tyler Maine. This dude is 95 foot tall. Seriously, when we went on vacation, we went to Smoky Mountain Terror oh. Convention. Uh, we they had a whole bunch. They had Leatherface there. They had um, Bill Mosley. Bill Mosley was there. Kane Hodder was there. Doofy was there. Michael and Berryman. Michael Berryman was there. But I finally got to meet my favorite Michael Myers and Tyler Maine. We talked to him for a little bit. He was super cool. He was really cool. We talked to him about the podcast. Mm-hmm. We actually got up. We were taking pictures. He said, "Let me get both of you guys a picture in for the podcast." And I'm sure Johnny's going to post it if you already done did. It already. There you go. <laughs> um, but then we were standing up there talking, and he was like, so is it any good? 
The podcast, I mean. Yeah, we and, were both like. And I was like, Johnny, where are the cards? I'm, yes, I forgot our business cards. Shay, but, you're fired. Yeah. But that was Randy's first ever horror convention. It was. And we stayed in line for over an hour uh, waiting to meet Ryan Hurst, which played Opie on Sons. Uh, dude's cool and all, but my feet was hurting. Yeah. But I'll ask. Look, that dude smelled good. I'm just saying. I'll ask you for your first horror convention. So you you kind of see why I like going to them now? I do. It was really cool because it wasn't just like they had all the, the actors and everything in the back. What was really cool about it is everybody that showed up and set up the vendors. So you get to see everybody's work. Yeah. And there were some very talented artists at this convention. Oh, definitely. It was like insane. There were people that made cups. They had this one guy had a booth set up where he did drawings and paintings and he had some black and white pictures and stuff. And man, his black and white, um, mm-hmm. oh, which one was it? I know he had a black and white one of Daryl from The Walking Dead. Yeah. That was great. He had a John Wick was really the, good. The black and white John Wick was really good. But man, there was just some talented, talented people up there. Yeah. And we did not plan to actually go to it when we- we just happened to book our trip, and then... We didn't plan to go. Two, two months before we were getting ready, Johnny was like, look what's going to be there. Yeah, I was like, holy crap. So, so I yeah. mean, we weren't like... That wasn't the first time we bought our tickets. No, for, uh-uh, no. But it was 30 bucks to get in. It was cool. Everybody had a good time, and they had a Freddy Krueger Mickey Mouse walking around. They did. Which was cool. And it was freaky. He did the voice good. Yeah, he really did. All right, but... Plus, they had a cookout in the parking lot, so we got to eat some good burgers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if uh, you didn't go eat there, they towed your vehicle away. <laughs> they really did. There were people parking from the convention in the park, and they were towing their cars away. There was plenty of parking in that parking lot. I'm oh, sorry. There was a ton. And they had some cool cars out there, too. Well, they did. They had a Jeep that was done up in the horror icons. Mm-hmm. They had the nun. They had it. They had... Uh, Freddy. Freddy, Jason, Michael. Michael Myers. They had Hocus Pocus and on they there. had the original It, too, on there. I yep. like that. But... Yeah, it was overall it was cool. Eddie Munster was there. He was, I forgot all about him. Yep. And your girl Jenna Jameson. My girl. You said you the one who watched her films. Not like when I was a teenager. I've never seen her films. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> my wife's like <laughs> I was like, Carolyn, look, Jenna Jameson. And my wife's like, Yeah, she's gross. I said, What do you mean? And she's like, just her some of her films and I'm like, You what? <laughs> like you've watched them? She goes, Well, back in the day when she was popular, I'm like, What? <laughs> So she looks nothing like she used to. No, she. I almost, I almost didn't recognize her. No, I mean, with the clothes on anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, people. Yeah, I but remember, anyway, I remember her from Zombie Strippers. That's what. Yeah, that's what yeah. she was mainly there for. But that being said, we're happy to be back with you guys and gals, and we are reviewing. I always say the controversial. 2010 remake of a classic, A Nightmare on Elm Street. And the reason I say controversial is because of the subject matter they pushed in the film. With uh, They finally made Freddy more of a child molester than a child killer. It was always implied that he had something, some kind of like fetish for kids yeah. in, the, in the original Nightmare on Elm Street and all those other ones. But th- they never centered any of the movies around it. Yeah. It was always just in the background. They never pushed it in your face. They pushed it in your face at the daggum beginning credits on this. Right. But before we even get into the actual review and all that stuff, <coughs> record, uh, before you re, uh, read the summary, I've got some beef. Oh, Lord. And it's with the main actress of this film. Beef. What's her name, Randy? Uh, I don't know. Let me look. Who played Nancy? It was Rooney Mara. So I did not know this until the other day when I heard him talking uh, on a YouTube video. Mm-hmm. So I looked it up to see if it was true before I ripped this girl apart. I wanted to make sure that it was legit. You better not get sued on here. 
But this girl talks about doing the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. And she says, I had done a Nightmare on Elm Street remake, which was not a good experience. It said, I have to be uh, careful with what I say and how I talk about it. It wasn't the best experience making it. And I got to this place that I still live in that I don't want to act unless I'm doing stuff uh, that I feel like I have to do. So after making the film, I decided, okay, I'm just going to. I'm just not going to act unless it's something that I feel uh, that way about. And I was like, okay, maybe she just didn't have a good experience. Then you keep reading, and she actually put in there, I didn't even really want the part. And when I went into the audition, I was like whispering to myself, F, I definitely got that. And she said, uh, you learn to, to self-sabotage with things you don't want to get. Sometimes you don't want to get something, but you, you're you really good at your job, and you get it anyway. So the chick didn't even want to be in the movie. So my thing is, is why did you even audition? And why did you even accept it? Like, seriously. I mean, you know. But she was 26 at the time that she did this podcast, but that's what I'm getting at. Like, So you mean to tell me that you just literally went through this movie, and you can tell and watch this movie that... She didn't give a crap. No, and that's what I was going to say is like one of my biggest things about this movie was there was only one, maybe, maybe two. I mean, let's let's be honest. Mr. Krabs is, is always good in that when in any kind of movie. Crabby Betty. Clancy Brown. He's a great actor. Um, and then the guy that played Quentin. Yeah. I thought he was a great actor. But outside of those two, none of the other actors or actresses I cared for. See, I'm... 100% disagreeing with you on that. Uh, I think Clancy Brown did a great job. He always mm-hmm. does. My favorite person in the actual film was the girl that played Chris. Katie, uh, what was her name? Kate, or it was uh, Katie Cassidy. Her real name. I feel like she did the best job as far as portraying the broken down when she was crying, yeah. tearing up. And scared. My problem with her acting in it, as far as that goes, is to me it felt cheesy. See, I don't, I don't feel that way. And then the guy that played Jesse, uh, uh, Thomas yeah. Decker, yeah, looked like he was a stand-in for the lead singer for Green Day. See, but no, I agree with you on the, that's uh, going to be in my review about the actors that they picked for this movie. Yeah, but I really do. I feel like she did the best job out of every one of them. No, but I think Quentin, Quentin's probably my number one actor in this movie. Which he he did great, like yeah. in Smile. He did oh, great. Yeah. He's a good actor. Oh, yeah. He's in that, uh, the TV show I was trying to get you to watch with Ryan Hurst, The Outsiders. Mm-hmm. He's also in the uh, uh, Law, Law and Order SVU episode, maybe? I think it was. I don't yeah. know. Like I said, overall, he's yeah, he's a good actor. Oh, yeah. He's really good. And he was in uh, Scream 4. 4, yeah. 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 Was it, no, it was Scream 5, but it was just called Scream. Oh, he wasn't fine. Yeah, because yeah, like, yeah, they yeah, brought yeah. him in and like killed him right off the bat. It was stupid. Yeah, because yeah, they choked him. Yeah. Yeah. But, all right, Randy, so do you want to hit us up with that summary? Man, I got your summary. What you talking about? (coughs) The specter of a disfigured man haunts the children of the parents who murdered him, stalking and killing them in their dreams. That one was short. I didn't do a good job. Let's do this one. Okay. Death stalks the dreams of several young adults to claim its vengeance on on the killing of Freddy Krueger. Chased and chastised by his fingered, bladed demon, 
It is the awakening of old memories and the denials of a past of retribution that spurns this hellish vision of a dreamlike state and turns death into a nightmare reality. That was a good one. That is a good one. Heck yeah. That's a really good one. So now, the cast, uh, playing Freddy Krueger in this version, is Jackie Earl Haley? Haley. He played George Noyce on Shutter Island. Uh, Kyle... Gallner, Gallner played Quentin. Yeah. I don't know. Played Quentin. Katie Cassidy played Chris. Rooney Mara played Nancy. Uh, Connie Britton played Gwen, which is Nancy's mom. Thomas Decker played Jesse. Uh, Clancy Brown played Alan Smith. And la 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 la. That's really. Yeah, that's really about it right there. I mean, it that's had. A... Uh... Christian Stolte played uh, Jesse's father in a flashback. And then uh, Juliana. Damn. She played Chris as the, the, as the little Chris. The, I thought the, she yeah. did pretty good. The, yeah, she looked like the poltergeist lady. All right. So now I guess I will go ahead and read the plot of the film. What the heck? I don't know what happened to it. <laughs> to what? The film? Yeah. <laughs> he said. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So let's get it going. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. So, A Nightmare on Elm Street is the 2010 remake of the original 1984 Nightmare on Elm Street, which was created by Wes Craven. So the plot is while at the Springwood Diner, Dean Russell falls asleep at the table and meets a severely burned man. In sheared clothes wearing a bladed glo- uh, gardener's glove on his right hand. In the dream, the burned man cuts Dean's throat. In reality, Dean cuts his own throat as his friend Chris and Nancy look on. At Dean's funeral, Chris sees a photograph of her and Dean as children, but cannot recall knowing Dean before high school. Chris begins to have nightmares about the burned man and then refuses to go to sleep for fear that she will die like Dean. Jesse Braun, Chris's ex-boyfriend, shows up to keep her company while she sleeps, but Chris meets the burned man in her dreams and is murdered. Covered in Chris's blood, Jesse runs to Nancy's home and learns that Nancy has been having nightmares about the same man, Fred Krueger. Fred. Jesse is arrested by the police under suspicion of murdering Chris and is killed by Freddy, when he uh, falls asleep in the jail cell and in front of his cellmate. As her friends die, Nancy questions everyone's connection to each other, giving that none of them can remember each other before their teenage years. Nancy and her friend Quentin discover that they attended the same preschool. Nancy's mother, Gwen, uh, reluctantly tells Nancy and Quentin about Kruger, the preschool's groundkeeper who was accused of molesting the children, including Nancy. Gwen explains that Nancy was his favorite and that she came home one day and told her mother about the things Kruger did to her in a secret location. Gwen alerted the other parents, including Quentin's father, Alan, but she tells the teenagers that Kruger escaped before he was arrested. Refusing to believe her mother's story, Nancy attempts to track down the remaining kids from the school, uh, but discovers that all of them have been killed. Following Jesse's death, only she and Quentin are left. 
Meanwhile, Quentin falls asleep during his swimming practice and sees a flashback to the parents, led by Alan, which is his dad, tracking Kruger down and burning him alive. As a result of their insomnia, Nancy and Quentin have sporadic micro-sleeps and become, what is that word? Hypnagogic? Something like that. Something. Causing them to dream and hallucinate randomly. To try to stop uh, Kruger, <coughs> excuse me, excuse me, they decide to go to the preschool to learn what they can. On the way, Nancy's attacked by Kruger when she hallucinates, during which she pulls a piece of Kruger's sweater out of the dream world into reality. Freddy Qu- versus Jason. <laughs> uh, she did that on the first one, too. Oh. Quentin takes Nancy to the hospital, where he steals, what was that? Adrenaline. He Ad- stole epinephrine pins. Adrenaline to help them stay awake. Nancy and Quentin eventually make it to the preschool and uncover Kruger's hidden room to find proof of his crimes. They realize that Kruger, now a vengeful ghost, wants revenge on them for disclosing his abuse. Nancy decides to pull Kruger out of the dream world and kill him in the real world. Quentin tries to stay awake long enough to pull Nancy out of her dream when she grabs Kruger but he falls asleep and is attacked. Kruger goes after Nancy and explains that he deliberately left her for last so that she would comatose. Quentin awakens and uses the adrenaline to wake Nancy, who then pulls Kruger into reality. They fight, and Nancy uses a broken paper cutter blade to kill him before she tortures the room with Kruger's body inside. She and Quentin escape and are rescued by the police officers and firefighters, who are unable to find Kruger's remains. After Nancy and her mother return home from the hospital, Kruger suddenly appears in the mirror's reflection. While Nancy screams, Kruger kills Nancy's mother before pulling her body through a mirror and disappearing as the movie cuts to black. Dum, dum, dum. So that is the remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street 2010. So now just to kind of discuss about it, the um, stuff that kind of point, uh, stuck out to me is I think probably the best... Uh, death scene would probably be Dean's at the beginning. I think that was a good feel for what they were going for in the movie. I did like Dean's. I will say that Chris's death mm-hmm. was a good callback, though the original was better. Yes. Um, the original, how they drug her up the wall and yeah. she's screaming, reaching out, is more creepier than just throwing her around the room. Yeah. I, and I tell you one thing that I missed the most out of like between the different movies, mm. they did. There was only one uh, illusion in a Freddy dream yeah. that I can think of in this one. Yeah, that really stuck out, and it was closer to the end when Nancy was running down the hall, and then it turned to blood. Yes, I love that. That was a classic Freddy illusion. That is cool, but that's the only one that really stuck out to me. Right, <clears throat> like there were others where he would imitate somebody or something like that. But that was like a classic Kruger moment. Oh yeah, definitely. And I wish, I wish it had more of that. Uh, I do. I will say, like, I, I think the guy that played Freddie in this, I think he did a good job. I mean, honestly, uh, the things that he did that really brought it out to me was when he would stalk him and he would take his uh, first two fingers and tap and. Rub them together. together. I think that was cool. 
I did like that effect, and I liked when every time he was walking down like in a dream and he would put it rub against the wall, yeah. sparks would fly off. I thought that was cool. I, I I won't say that I didn't like his acting because the the, the guy's a good actor. Mm. I didn't like his interpretation of Freddy. No, I get you. Because Robert Englund. I mean, that's Freddy Krueger. And that's the problem. Like, here it is. We're we're 18 minutes into this, almost 19 minutes into this podcast, this episode. And we're already saying, well, in this one, I like this. But in the original, yeah. see, you, you're going to always compare them. It, it's just how it's going to be. But I will say one of my favorite parts is because it was almost old school Freddy, even with the humor. I love when Chris is having the nightmare. She sees her dog slashed. And he's like... I was just petting him. Yeah. But it's weird because his the way he interprets Freddy Krueger as his voice. Yeah. It doesn't work with humor. It's Yeah, yeah. And again, we're talking about comparing. Yeah. Go back to the Friday the th- or the Friday the 13th. You go back to the Nightmare on Elm Street's where it was less of a comical Freddy Krueger. Right. And it was sort of like he was trying to do that. Yeah. But at the same time he was trying to put his humor into it too. Right. It didn't work. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, and I like I said, I was watching the behind the scenes thing on it. They had to keep the iconic scene, and they even filmed it the exact same way. Was where Nancy does fall asleep in the bathtub, and the glove comes up. Yeah, you know. Yeah, they. I had, mean, yeah, if yeah. they, I think if they would have tried to change that, oh man, it would have even got worse reviews than what it got now. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think of the backstory? I like how it showed the backstory where he's running away and. They're chasing him down. I mean, I actually, I, I dug that. Yeah, I do like the backstory. What I didn't like, like, I do like the fact that they actually showed it. Like, if they were going to bring it to the forefront and say, this is the reason. Yeah. I'm glad that they showed it. Yeah. And they actually did the flashback with the parents and the boiler room and all that kind of stuff. My issue with it was, it was more about the kids and less about Freddie. Yeah, yeah. And it was, I don't know. To me, it was better left unsaid. Yeah. But they put it right out there in the forefront. Right. With the original, you know, everybody, it's never said, it's never brought up. It's implied. It's always implied. You know that there's a little bit more to it, but nobody's going to say it. They always say he was a child killer. Yeah. Freddie didn't kill, Fred, when he was alive, didn't kill children. Then it also said in, uh, which one was it? Freddie's Dead? Where he said that he's coming back because they killed his daughter? Yeah, they, because he they uh, found out that he was making all them gloves. And he said, uh, they took you away from me. He's talking to his daughter. And yeah. he's like, so I started taking their children away. Yeah. So in that one, they implied that his daughter was killed. So he's coming back. Oh, no, she her. wasn't killed. They took her from oh, home. They, because yeah. cause, uh, that's what it was, is uh, her mom, which is Freddie's wife, she found out that he was the one killing kids. And she's like, I'll never tell. Well, he killed her. Yeah. They took his daughter away, and that's when they burned him alive. And he was like, so they took you away from me, so I took all their children away. So He was still a killer. And that's when he was st- he was still a killer. Yeah. But then that's when they completely shifted what you thought you knew about Freddie Right, Kruger. right. Um, one thing I really like in this film is... Jesse's nightmare when uh, Freddie's chasing him. You know, he's in the jumpsuit. And, uh, like, Jesse's just flipping out. And he gets down, like, almost like in a fetal position. And Freddie leans down and goes, why are you screaming? I haven't even cut you yet. Mm-hmm. I love that part. Yep. And then when he actually, his claw goes through Jesse's uh, chest. Yeah. 
And when it goes reality, he's on the ground bleeding. And when it goes back to the dream, he's hanging upside down. And he's like, you know, they say the body uh, or the brain continues to go seven minutes after the heart stops. He goes, so we still got six more minutes to play. You know what came to my mind when he said that and how he said it? (laughs) I got you for three minutes. Three Three minutes minutes of playtime. But, I mean, honestly, I like that because he he does that little evil laugh and then – uh, Jesse's hanging upside down. He starts screaming. Yeah, but I love that. He goes, "We still got six more minutes." I like that. I did think that was cool. I, I will say this for sure: with the whole movie, the camera work mm-hmm. through the whole movie was great. I will say that because a lot of the kill scenes, they did a really good job flashing back and forth right. between the dream world and the reality world, and then they gave you a perfect shot of what was happening. My favorite scene, and I'm glad you just mentioned that. Is when he kept, you know, he's keeping Nancy up through the whole movie. Mm-hmm. When Nancy is being chased by him through the drugstore, and she looks, and all of a sudden you see Freddie kind of slowly appear, mm-hmm. and then it's flashing in and out of the drugstore. It's like drugstore, boiler room, drugstore, boiler, and then and like he's when he's slashing. slashing at her, it's knocking stuff off the shelves. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, but here's the bad thing: just think that that would have been Robert Englund doing that part. Don't, why did you say that? No, I'm just saying, like, what really could have been brought. I'm not hating on this guy because I just yeah. admitted it. I liked his version yeah. of Freddy. I didn't really. I don't really care for his look. I don't like the look. Now, see, before we left or before we started, it, you said it, I like the picture on the front, like oh. the, the way it is. Okay, the way it's set up. I liked how they had his like they had his head down. You could see some of the burns, but it was like the dark screen and stuff like that. That was a good look. When you get the up close looks of his face, I don't like the way his face because well, it's it's more distorted and it's it's less identifiable as. They face. tried to make it look like a legit burn victim, yeah. but to me, it almost kind of made him look like an alien. To me, it hindered his facial expressions, and that was one of the things that Robert right. England did really great. Right, was you got close up shots of Robert England's face, and because it wasn't like that. He actually used his facial expression. How many shots do you remember from uh, from Nightmare on M Street where Freddie had his eyes wide open? Exactly. And you couldn't do that on this. Right. And that was one of the things that he did really great that you couldn't because of the face. Yeah. So. But was there anything else that you that really stuck out to you? The scene where it's closer to the end where they're coming through the school mm-hmm. and she has one of her micro naps while they're walking through the hallway and she looks down and she sees a body bag on the ground. Chris. It's Chris's body bag and her legs are in the air and she's being drugged. Like somebody's dragging her. Yeah. Shoots back to Nancy and then it shoots back down the hallway and she's standing there laughing and got blood pouring out of her mouth and it's mm-hmm. actually Freddie's laugh. That was a creepy shot. I will say that was, uh, once again, we're comparing it to the original. I think that was almost just as good as the original. Yeah. It really was. But... I, um, I, I like I said, I've only watched this movie one time, and it was when it first came out. And like I said, I do feel like, um, I don't know, I've, I do feel like a lot of people are more harsh on the film, and I think it's strictly because Robert England isn't Freddie. If they had the same story with the same background and everything, but that was Robert England, it probably would have got a whole lot better review. Yeah, yeah, and it's because you know what Robert England can do with the character. But like you said, I feel like the actor was restrained with that makeup, yeah. and he really couldn't do a lot. Now, he had some creepy shots. Like, I do love when Chris is walking when she starts first dreaming, and he's and he's uh, he's going three, 
two, yeah. one. And then he's like, ready or not, here I come. And he just glances over. I do think that's yeah. a, what they messed up on this film is they should have kept his face in the shadows. I'll agree with that because then it wouldn't, then you wouldn't be able to say, well, he didn't have the same expressions or he didn't see his eyes a whole lot. If they would have done that and showed less of his face, yeah, and then just maybe like showed side shots of his like burned skin or something like that. But it was almost like you could tell that his face facial expressions were restricted. Oh yeah. So if yeah. they didn't show that, that would have, I think it would have added a little bit more mystique to it. Right. Right. So. Well, uh, you got anything else that stands out or? I don't think so. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break uh, before we do the uh, pulling scale. Pulling scale. The pulling scale. Pulling scale. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with you. After these messages from our sponsors, who's not really our sponsor. Yeah. What's up, everybody? I'm Brad, a.k.a. Be More Rad. And I hope you come check out my Gaming Gourmet podcast where I bring you real gamers with real experiences in fake worlds. We're going to have a blast and hopefully crack a few laughs along the way doing game reviews, discussions, and of course, a little competition never hurt anyone. To top it off, we're throwing food in the mix to make the conversation even more spicy. So grab your controllers, bring a snack, and come join the fun at Be More Rad's Gaming Gourmet podcast. Until next time... Keep gaming and stay rad. He's got good music. Oh, yeah, he does. But anyway, uh, yes, that is our buddy Brad who has been on the podcast with us. Be more rad. Yeah, so give him a follow on Spotify. Uh, Like his podcast said, it's called Be More Rad's Gaming Gourmet Podcast. And if you're trying to figure out exactly who he was, he was the another door. Yeah, he was on uh, Killer Clowns. Clowns. He was on... uh, Wrong Turn. Wrong Turn. So, yeah, Brad's a good buddy of ours. He just started up the podcast. Show him some love. Give him a follow on Spotify. And uh, he's got a unique podcast. He talks... If you you like gaming and you like food, there you go, because... Mm -hmm. Actually, me and my brother, Senor Reyes, who's been on our podcast quite a bit. See, I'll do it for him since he came. Okay, and another buddy of ours, we were actually on Brad's first uh, episode. We were talking about uh, the Friday 13th game, and we had camping food. So it's a little mixture of you get to hear what they're having for dinner. Like, they give you recipes, and he tells you the new games uh, info. I'm not a gamer, so Randy, you could probably... I think once we get into everybody getting the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre game, yeah. we're going to be doing barbecue and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. So I think I think it's going to... I think it's really cool. It's a really unique way of intermixing the two. Yeah. And I'm a gaming buff, and I like to eat, so... You there know. you go. So, yeah, so, like I said, hook our brother up, give him a... Give him a follow on Instagram as well, uh, X, which is Twitter, I guess. Uh, it's still Twitter. <laughs> Facebook, and like I said, Spotify. So, all right, so now that it's time for uh, the review, do you want to go first, or do, would you like me to go first? I mean, I'll go first. Okay. I got you. So, I will say, I still think this is one of the lower bottom-tiered remakes. Mm-hmm. I will say it's better than what I remember it being as far as graphically. I still I still like the idea of what Freddy was yeah. being implied instead of pushed out to the forefront. Because 
it was always one of those things like it never needed to be said. But I think they pushed it too much. I think they pushed it out there too far. They even did like shots of the kids when they were little talking to the mom. I, I, I don't know. I think you put kids into it and I'm thinking it gets a little cringy. So I think it's one of those things that's just better left unsaid. And I think that's what I liked about the first ones or the original so much compared to this one. Yeah. Um, kind of already talked about Freddie. It wasn't necessarily his acting. It was more of the what he wasn't able to do and yeah. what he wasn't able to bring to Freddy Krueger. Right. The facial expressions for me were a big one because too many shots of Freddy Krueger, his eyes were wide open. He had that big gaping smile. And you could see that. Yeah. You weren't able to see that. His his smiles on this one were more cockeyed. Like he had just a little half cock smile. Yeah. But he had a Stallone smile. He really did. He <laughs> did really. And it was almost like just like half of his face worked. It was almost like he had like Bell's palsy or something. Yeah. To where only half of his face was a smile, but then the other half was just stiff. Right. I didn't like the way it looked. Not saying the guy didn't portray or not saying that the guy didn't do a good acting job. Because there were scenes, like you said, where his voice was different than Robert England's, but it took it to a more serious level. Right. I didn't care for the times when he tried to be funny because his mannerisms and his voice didn't match the joking side. But um, I will say that the camera work I thought was great. I thought they did a really good job as far as getting the right shots to, to towards the camera, um, the kill scenes. I thought the majority of the kill scenes I didn't have a problem with. I thought they were shot really well, and I thought they did a really good job. Um, like I said, Dean's kill at the beginning of it, the uh, the remake of the bed scene mm-hmm. where she's you know flopping around the bedroom. I thought that was really good, and then uh, I thought it was cool how in the dream you've seen him split her three ways, and then when she was in there, all you seen was the big shot down the middle. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. And then Jesse's in the jail cell. I thought was, I thought it was legit. Yeah. Um, I will say I didn't pay attention to the music, which is usually really rare. But to me, that just means that none of it stood out. Yeah. Um, it's, to me, if I'm thinking back to the music that I remember hearing, classic horror movie music. Mm-hmm. You know, and it didn't really stand out. Um, but on the pulling scale, I'm gonna. I'm gonna still give it a thumbs down. Okay. I don't think it's. I don't even think it's worth a one-time watch. God. Unless you know you just don't believe what we say and you want to check it out for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a C minus. C minus. Man, D plus. D plus. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give it a D plus. Okay. Yeah. Right on. I mean, hey. But you did say it was better than what you thought, right? Yeah, I, I remember before it was like an F minus. Well, all right. So I'm going to start a little bit. I'm going to go with the positives. I thought Chris's acting was really good. I told you, I, I think to me, she stuck out the best. Right. The kills. I thought all the kills looked really good. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, a lot of them was CGI. And, you know, I'm not a big CGI person, but yeah. they were, they, if it's done right, I like it. Um, I did like his version of Freddy when he played him dark. The film is like the original 1984 Nightmare on Elm Street. This film is too dark to have funny moments. 
because you're dealing with a sensitive subject on a child molester. And I'll say that I guess I'm kind of biased because Dream Warriors was my favorite Nightmare on Elm Street, and it was the more comical Freddy. Exactly. So I, I, I will say that I'm biased as far as comedy versus they had sinister. More, but they had exactly they had more humor in. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but it wasn't just Freddy being humorous too. The right. kids had a little humor. Yeah. Um, we didn't get the. Uh, I'm glad that we didn't. That's what I was fixing to say. We didn't get Glenn's death scene, uh, Johnny Depp's, where the blood comes up from. I'm glad they didn't stick to every single thing. Because if you stick to every single kill the same way, the same shots, then why remake it? Yeah. Um, but like I said, I did like his portrayal of Freddy. I just wish they would have kept his face hidden. Because if he wasn't going to be able to use his facial expressions that much, then just a glance of the eye or some almost like I would like to see like a Phantom of the Opera version. Oh, if he had had a hat with had a, like a bigger brim on it, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then had just like glowing eyes or something. Exactly, it would have been. A whole I lot think better. that would have been more impactful. Yeah, but like I said, uh, the only funny part I even like ha, was literally when he was like, "I was just petting him." Yeah, the part where he goes, "Why are you screaming? I haven't even uh, cut you yet." That's not funny. That's just mm-hmm. being messed up. Yeah. Now, that was all my positives. My negatives is Nancy is unlikable. Yeah. And I know we're comparing it to the first one, but Nancy in the first one was just a good student, good girl. Why this generation feels like they have to have a depressed group of kids pisses me off. It was just so dull. Like, oh, she uses chalk to paint these pictures. She looked like an emu kid. I can't stand that crap. Yeah. The casting sucked. I don't think anybody is uh, relatable in this movie. Even though I like the, the guy that plays Quentin, mm-hmm. his his character, the only part in this movie that I thought he blew it out of the water is when he's going to get his refill and he's like, just just fill it up, fill it up. Yeah. He really played that part good. But even that, I was, uh, but even the rest of the movie, he's unrelatable. Relatable. Nancy's terrible. I like Chris. Jesse, like you said, I just felt like he was trying too hard to be a douchebag. And then you try to make us like him where he's like, you know, I won't leave you. There were times where he came off like he was like a the douchey guy from Greece. Just, just the, the lighting, the way his face, I don't know, it was weird. Yeah. And then the main part that truly got me, there's two of them. One, this shows where practical effects and CGI are totally different. Mm-hmm. The very first one where Nancy's asleep and Robert England, Freddie, uh, as Freddie comes through the wall. Robert England. Oh, the first one. Yeah. Okay. He's pressing against the wall. That's what he was doing. He was just pressing against the wall. It was yeah. like rubber. It's still a great shot to this day. Then goes 2010. In this freaking film that you CGI and it looked so fake. I can't stand it. Mm. And then the last kill, that big surprise where he pulls her mother through the mirror. Too much CGI in that scene for me. I don't like that part. I didn't mind that one so much because I thought it was cool. It had the the blood splatter on the mirror after she had pulled through the no, mirror. The, yeah, now that was neat, but like the stab through the face, yeah. Was like yeah, Man. that was a little much. It yeah. almost looked like it was made for three D. There you go. Yes, yes. that's exactly yes. what it looked like. Um, but other than that, I mean, that was really. I will say this: the film isn't as bad as I remember because I did only watch it once. I didn't like the full child uh, molesting thing. I did think the final battle when they pulled him out was good. Yeah. I will say that. That was good. But overall, let's get real. As long as Robert England is still breathing, you're yeah. not going to be able to do another Nightmare on Elm Street. Nope. Because no matter what you do, people's going to say, no, Robert should do it. 
Am I am, for real or what? I, I think it comes down to the point where no, you shouldn't because Robert England did it better than anybody could. Right. That that's like <clears throat> it's different with Michael Myers and Jason and even even Leatherface because their faces are hidden and there was no personality to them. Freddie had a personality. Yeah. And it was Robert England. It's kind of hard to change that. You really can't. Yeah. So, I'm going to say my score on this, and this is probably going to sound weird. Probably. I'm going to give it a thumbs in the middle. One time watch. One time watch. And the reason I'm giving it a thumbs in the middle is strictly because of the lines they did give Freddie. And his little finger twirl that he did, yeah. I like that. Just ignore the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I'm telling y'all, the kids acting, I hated. Uh but I think it's a I think it is a one time watch just to see a darker side. Yeah. Uh and I'm gonna give it a D plus. I'll give it a D plus too. So the only difference we got is you think you should watch it once. Once. And I don't because think, I, I don't think you should put it in your DVD player. Well, here's the thing, though. I don't like people that has never seen a film and go, I ain't watching that crap. It's like, wait, wait, wait. Oh, like don't, you do with Tom Cruise movies? No, no, no. I'm talking when you're trying to compare like original yeah, with over. I got you. I got you. Yeah, I hate that when people go, no, boo that. I'm not watching that. I'm like, well, then don't hate on it. Yeah. You know, but. I'm just saying, remember that next time I get you, want you to watch a Tom Cruise movie. But he's not doing a remake. That's what I'm talking about, the remakes. Okay. <laughs> Boot. No, no, no. Remember no. that. Yeah, no, no. But that's like if they were going to remake The Cable Guy with somebody else. And nobody's seen the Jim Carrey version, but they're like, Boot, I'm not watching that. And I'm like, no, dude, you got to watch the original first. That was one of my least favorite movies of his. I just used it for example because I've seen it on my DVD thing. Yeah, no. Okay, The Monsters. Rob Zombie's The Monsters. Uh, if you love The Monsters and you're uh, a big fan of The Monsters, but you won't watch this because Herman's voice sounds stupid or... Or you don't like uh, Sherry Moon Zombie, and this is all going to my brother. Or you don't <laughs> you don't like head. Rob Zombie's movies. Well, you cannot hate on the new Monsters movie just because you don't just like because it. you don't like certain things. You need to watch it first, yeah. then give your opinion. I'll give you that. Just like if you don't vote, don't complain. I mean, you know, I'm preaching that boy. Just saying, my little tap dance. <laughs> but that being said, this is our review of the 2010 version of A Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Next week, coming at you, is the 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I think me and you both dig the movie. Arlie Ehrman, Jessica Biel. Such a good movie. Yes. So you see right there, you already know. Yeah, we're ready for that one. Um, now, we are finally ready to announce our winner of our very first ever Horror Box giveaway. <laughs> yes. That <and> hurt my throat. <laughs> But we appreciate each and every one of you that participated in this contest. And we have finally the winner picked out. Drum roll, please. Randy? I don't know if you could hear that. I drum rolled. From Instagram, we have Velma Lad. Username is Velma underscore 9379. Congratulations. Yes, congratulations on our horror box mystery. So we will get that to you. ASAP. We're going to send you some DMs. Yeah. And with that being said, also um, give us a follow on all of our platforms. Our social media uh, is 
our Facebook is Small Town Horror Johnny and Randy. Our Instagram is Small Town Horror Johnny underscore Randy. And our Twitter account, or you can call it X, Twitter is at, <laughs> at Small T Horror Pod. Uh, we're available on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, almost any uh, platform you can get podcasts available. And please leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts if you listen to this podcast. It only takes a couple minutes. The more reviews we get, it gets our names out there. Send us some suggestions. Yes. I'm, I'm ready to do another user suggestion month. Uh, yes, I love that. We're going to do that the first of the year. What was the last one we had? Yellow Brick Road? Mm, no. no. The Descent. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. That being said, as always, remember to stay scared. Stay spooky.